0: What do we as dentists, um, hygienists, therapists, and nurses need to do to make sure we don't end up retiring with or due to back problems? Yeah, (laughs) tell tell us, Ben, about posture. So uh, have we, as a a, a dental industry, overplayed the role of posture?
1: Most definitely. Um, If there's one thing to take from this podcast, it is that.
0: Surely, surely being like this, like surely just like you know, you know, you, you, when you see those photos of people on phantom head courses and they're like they're like this and they're like polishing something and they're like that. Like, I mean, granted, you won't be probably not like that for longer than a couple of minutes at a time. You know, when you're doing the distolingual of a six or a seven, yeah, and yeah. you and you just have to do it. I think after listening to today and listening to you guys, I'm gonna feel less guilty about doing that, and I'm just gonna just move a lot yeah. more afterwards. Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing
2: education, and adding value to your life and career with your host, Jazz
3: Gulati. Hi guys, it's Jazz again. I want to ask you a question. How much money do we spend as a profession? on our practices, on our chairs, on the service and maintenance of our equipment, on scanners, hand pieces, and generally just making sure that we have our favorite kit available. What is the most valuable piece of equipment or maybe not equipment, but most valuable asset in your practice? It is your health, your hands, your mental health, your physical health. And of course, when you consider that 94% of dentists will retire with backache, and apparently 100% of nurses will retire with backache. It makes you really wonder about our priorities. Do we actually look after our health as much as we should be? And combine that with a stressful position with a sort of confined environment and the different postures that we have to adapt. Now I mentioned postures but one of the most profound things about this podcast episode is that I learned that actually the posture is really overrated in dentistry I could not believe it you'll you'll hear my reactions through the podcast this podcast episode is done with two physiotherapists Sam and Ben Sam is actually a physiotherapist turned dentist so he can give us the view from sort of both sides of the profession physio and dentistry so this is quite a unique episode if you like Uh, I picked up quite a few nuggets about my own personal health the protrusive dental pearl I want to give you today is a reading list. Ben actually shared one of his favorite books in the episode and the book is called Why We Sleep Uh, and so that got me thinking and I I had a few messages from people asking about my reading list after I'd mentioned uh, those Brian Tracy uh, uh, books on a few episodes ago. So basically I've uh, put together a little book list you can find that on the website protrusive.co.uk forward slash books and you can access that i'm gonna stick it on the protrusive dental community facebook group as well so i'm gonna just my basic recommended books that i've read i'm very much a disclaimer is that the books that i put on there are very much my own taste and the kind of books i'm into is self-help self-development productivity social sciences Think, you know, things like Malcolm Gladwell for example so those kind of books I'm into also personal finance I've got two personal finance books on there as well which is you know what a time during COVID to consider think something reading into something like that how to actually learn about looking after your personal finances something I've taken interest in the last couple of years uh, I've got that on the protrusive.co.uk website forward slash books and uh, we're going to jump straight to the episode and I'll catch you in the outro
0: Guys, we'll just um, dive right in, as I say, and we'll we'll start the protrusive dental podcast. Guys, those who are listening, uh, I haven't met Sam, and I certainly haven't uh, met or emailed Ben before, but uh, we're having the first ever protrusive (laughs) three-way.
1: Excellent! Wow! Yeah, that's uh, that's (laughs) (laughs) a
0: so uh, start with Sam. Sam, tell us about your because we started connected by email. You've been listening to podcasts, and uh, I think you can add some great value to the listeners today. Tell the listeners about your background in terms of you know your dentistry but before your dentistry which makes you in a position to be able to talk about the sort of things that we'll be talking about today
2: yeah so i uh, i qualified uh from kings in 2015 then i worked as a locum physiotherapist in the northwest and that's where i got good interest in musculoskeletal physio then after that i decided that i wanted to do dentistry so i well, it was on the dentistry course and the four-year program and then while I was there I was an associate for uh, a private company where I saw NHS private patients I was also the physiotherapist for Merseyside Fire and Rescue in the Philharmonic Orchestra so lots of perks there.
0: Wow <laughs> very nice
2: and then um, but I found that when I was working I was seeing a lot of dentists and I was also seeing a lot of um, a lot of students as well and that's what kind of got me, me interested in You know, why is dentistry such a high risk profession for, you know, lower back pain, neck pain? And that was what the majority of it that was coming in was lower back, neck pain, upper back pain. And I also found that when I was going on placements as well, I'd ask, uh, um, you know, the principals, you know, why do you work, you know, why do you only work four days a week or why do you work reduced hours? And most of them would say, oh, it's because of my back pain or it's because of my neck pain. So it does have quite large impacts on dentist life, I found.
0: Absolutely. I and mean, you, you said so, you, you qualified 2015. That was not in dentistry though, right? Or was it?
2: That was in physiotherapy. So then I qualified dentistry
0: last year. Amazing. Uh, and then when you were doing your locum, that was a locum physiotherapist, right? That was locum physiotherapy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, you're, you're on this accelerated four-year program. You're able to practice uh, dentistry as a student. So that you're, yeah, Sam definitely was not doing that, if, if anyone's listening of, uh, of that sort of nature. But no, that's, that's a pretty interesting story. And now you've de- developed an interest in that obviously because of your very unique background, I think. Do you know anyone else who's had a physio stroke dental background like yourself? Well, I was speaking to Ben
2: about this before, but um, I actually know, well, it was a physiotherapist that had gone on to do dentistry that helped me get into into dentistry. Also at King's? Also at King's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: cool
2: very yeah. very good so it's, it's good to have that
0: four-year program actually which, which which helps i think just to to shorten the you know the five-year degree ben tell us about yourself your your background i believe is in uh musculoskeletal pain
1: yeah absolutely i mean well before i introduce myself i just want to say a huge thanks for having me on the podcast really um also uh i really appreciate what you're doing for dentists here i think um like it's really important that us clinicians you know, whether it's dentists, physios, doctors, you know, it's really important that we stay current, that we stay uh, evidence-based and that we're learning all the time. So um, yeah, kudos to you for putting, putting this on really. Um, I must say that, you know, I probably wouldn't be the clinician I am today without, without, without podcasts. I mean, shout out to uh, the physio podcast out there. So it's Choose Health uh, there's a Nat Physio podcast. it's Physio Edge. Uh, there's Strength Physio, and honestly, without that, their input, I wouldn't be the clinician I am today. Certainly. So I, I actually um, listened
0: to one of the the Physio podcasts, Sam I, oh, mean, yeah. Sam. I think it was Physio Edge, right? You sent me an episode. Yeah, before. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. was it with yeah. David Pope? I think it was. Yeah. Sam, yeah. Honestly, was it?
1: if I was a if if I, if I was a patient, I would want David Pope to be my physio. He's, he just sounds like. The nicest man, but you'd want to tell him about your pain. You'd want to, because and he's got this really soft Australian accent. And as I say, if if I could pick a physio, it'd be him every day.
0: It was a very good and smooth listen, and uh, it, it was great yeah. to open my eyes to to, to that world. <laughs> you know. So tell us about um, how, how do you two know each other? So we qualified
2: uh, from Kings together. So um, so we went right the way through physio school in a sense and then, um, right. then we've just yeah. kept in contact ever since so
1: yeah um so I didn't even I didn't even introduce myself did I um <laughs> so yeah um let's go back to that bit sorry mate, I went off track uh so no, yeah good, I'm good. Ben I'm a uh I'm a physio uh been working in the NHS for a number of years um currently my role uh I see a lot of GP referrals so if you go to like uh, your GP with neck back shoulder knee pain you probably see someone like me Um, my, I'm doing work in pain management at the moment, which is slightly like a more specialist area. So, um, essentially, um, it's for patients that have had pain for longer than six months. Um, and so it's become a little bit more ongoing, a bit more persistent. and the goal isn't necessarily to reduce their pain, but in fact, to um, be more functional and live better with it. So we, it's not just exercise, it's stuff like sleep, stress, diet medications doing a setback plan uh, thoughts feelings emotions so it involves a bit of psychology training as well so um so yeah that's kind of my current area of work and I think that's probably why uh Sam reached out to me because um, you know it, it, as I say uh, and what Sam said it dental practitioners seem to be a high-risk group
0: yeah, I mean, I heard something like um, 94% of uh, dentists. I, I don't know where I got this figure from. You know how they say 66% of all figures are made up? It could be one of those. But 94% of, of um, dentists will retire with back problems, and 100%, 100%. of nurses, apparently, will re- retire. 100%? Yeah, yeah, apparently so. I don't know where I got this from. But uh, t- sure. tell, tell us, how prevalent is it for, the, for both of you? And you know, we'll just dive right in in terms of making it valuable for the listener. What do yeah, we yeah. as dentists, um, hygienists, therapists, and nurses need to do to make sure we don't end up retiring with or due to back problems? Go on, Sam, so, I'll let you lead on that.
2: Yeah, so the, the prevalence is it's 60 to 94% of dentists will experience... Ah, see,
0: 94
2: There That's you go, crazy. there he is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <That's
2: it. laughs> They'll experience some sort of musculoskeletal pain at some point in their life. That's from a systematic review, that one. <laughs> and Sorry. then, um, well, the prevalence of lower back pain in particular is, is is massive. It's the leading cause of long-term disability. 7% of GP consultations as well are from lower back pain. Um, for dentists, lower back pain is the most common. Then it's the neck and then shoulders. Um, in terms of what causes it, I think... Whenever I speak to dentists, if you say, oh, I've got low back pain, they'll they'll instantly say, you know, what's your posture like? Uh, how do you sit? Do you use loops? And um, if you spoke to a physiotherapist with exactly the same thing, they'd be saying, how much exercise are you doing? You know, are you moving around a lot? And it it's, it goes from, you know, Almost like 1985, physiotherapists were changing people's postures and making sure they were sitting right. Whereas now and the most current things are just to keep you moving. So I think the reason why I've got Ben on here as well is because he or, like, whenever I have any physio questions, Ben's the man. And, uh, Thank you, mate. Appreciate was, that. <laughs> yeah, I like his... Uh, one of the best things that Ben ever taught, taught me or led me to was um, the best posture is the next posture and
0: that okay tell me about that i don't get the big spot oh as in get you moving i like that
2: yeah exactly so if you're in one position for a long period of time then you're going to get pain regardless of it's that you know bolt upright um elbows at 90 degrees with loops on if you're in that position for a long period of time eventually you'll get pain um we just what you're saying
0: there is even though we're using magnification which is keeping our head away. If we're the problem is not necessarily the posture. The problem are you trying to say is that the lack of movement.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean they did there was a systematic review, a very recent one, that looked at saddle chairs and loops, and they all agreed that loops could improve improve your posture, that it would improve your dentistry, um, you would get better crown preps and things. But they never not once did they say it will reduce your pain because no studies seem to look at it, and one of the reasons for that is because they never find that it, that posture links to pain. And I think Ben's Ben's very good at talking about posture, so I'll
0: <laughs> yeah tell tell us Ben about posture. So uh, have we yeah. as a, a, a dental industry overplayed yeah. the role of posture?
1: Most definitely. Um, if there's one thing to take from this podcast, it is that. Um, wow,
0: that is for me. I mean, that I, I, I think that's going to send shockwaves. I think amongst I, anyone I who's listening, that's I'm, crazy to think that.
1: I I'm probably going to upset a lot of loop and scope companies with this, um, <laughs> and I am aware of that. But but yeah, essentially, if you'd asked a physio maybe 30 years ago how important is posture, they'd probably say you know this much. Now we're thinking it's probably this if that. Um I mean, there was a paper came out 2011. Um, it was a uh, eight systematic reviews, and and there wasn't an association, a link um, with with posture and, and back pain. So, um, and that's with awkward awkward postures, manual handling, um, prolonged sitting, um, all those things are are just simply not um, linked with back pain. So it's because back pain it's essentially a, a medically unexplained symptom. It's, you know, you, you can have all the scans under the sun and it's going to show some change there, but we've got absolutely no idea what, what is actually causing it. Um, it's it, it's going to be multifactorial and it's, it's going to be individual. Um, a lot of what we understand about pain now isn't that it's about the tissues. It's about, um, it's about the nervous system. We, we interpret um the feedback from our tissues and if you know if um if if uh, our if our nervous system is heightened somehow which includes our brain etc then um then it's going to be super sensitive to stimulus so if you're if you're in an if you uh in an awkward posture at work say um say you've, you've got a really busy clinic you might be work, running 15 minutes late um, uh, you know, I'm aware that I'm, I was going to swear then, but if you if you mess it up, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear, so i, I call myself, but
0: on, I mean, on Apple, uh, I, I um, podcast, I put myself as explicit, so it's fine. Oh,
1: sweet, yay, <laughs> yay, Good stuff. all right, I'm off the hook. Um, but yeah, yeah so ben. essentially, I'm aware that if you if you guys. If you guys mess it up, you, you know you've got litigation and stuff. So that's obviously presence. So um it's almost you've got a couple of things there that 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 are, are kind of risk factors stuff like. So the,
0: the the fact that yeah, the stress is heightened in our profession. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's fast fast paced So uh, that's messing with our sort of the neuroscience part, which you know I, I think yeah. I appreciate it. It, it, it changes your well, perhaps it changes. What, what in dentistry, we, we, we have something called
3: adaptive capacity. Is that something that's relevant in physio as well? Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you Even more value—you can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search "Protrusive" on your app platform. Now, if you're a true protrusivity and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do. You want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later. You can get all of that for less than fifteen tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We worked so hard on this Protrusive team, and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode.
1: Mate, 100% you've nailed it there. So um, when, when, when pain's been going on for longer than six, six months, it's not about um, the tissue. It's about the nervous system. And so if you've had pain for like Longer than six months, your nervous system—it's uh, neuroplasticity. So, um, synaptogenesis, uh, stuff like increased transmitters. Um, you have more neurons. It's a bit like if you have if you have an amateur violinist, yeah, the, their cortical mapping in their brain is going to be for their hands is going to be fairly fairly small. But if you get an expert violinist, the cortical mapping is going to be huge, right? If you remember. not sure if you guys go through like the homunculus and the brain and stuff like that in your training, Mm -hmm. but, um, the mapping is a lot, is a lot more. So your, your nervous system changes to stimulus. Um, so that, that the same thing happens with pain. Once you've had it for a long period of time, it's not about the tissue. It's about, um, it's about the nervous system. And that's what, that's how we kind of want to target back pain. It's not, it's not postural. It's not tissue focused as such. It's more about, um, looking after yourself sleeping well doing some form of exercise that you enjoy uh eating well uh not worrying about things especially about posture um and um and yeah i suppose i've i've listened i've listened to a couple of your podcasts, jazz and as i say i think uh i like how you look for the dental pearls you know the the, the uh the bits of wisdom to take away yep um Unfortunately, I can't really give you like a a big answer in terms of like a, a a quick hack, but it's it simply is just looking after yourself, mate. Really,
0: that that's fantastic. I mean, and Sam, you've you probably listened to more episodes than what, what Ben has uh, in, in being you know, obviously a, a, a dentist now. Do you, can you see the similarities in <coughs> terms of what what Ben's saying and what Barry Glassman says in terms of the the role of occlusion and parafunction? Because uh, what, what I'm everything you're saying is very very much echoed by what Barry. A, Barry Glassman, uh, Ben. If you don't know, is a, is an oral facial pain specialist,
1: right? Was he the so, one who spoke about bruxism on your communication in bruxism? Was it that? That one?
0: was no, that was uh, episode eleven. But he's also okay. of the similar camp. They prescribe the similar appliances, these um you know sure. anterior appliances. But, but but what Barry Glassman also says that it, it, it's very similar to what you guys are saying. So you guys say okay, no, it's not posture. It's um it, it it's, it's and you also mentioned about you know neuroplasticity, but. In, in, yeah. in Barry uh, and his uh, sort of uh, philosophy, which I, which I very much agree with, it it's not the bite; it's not the fact that the bite's messed up. It's the fact that we're para functioning; it's our muscles, um, uh, you know, uh, contracting um, purposelessly, that leads to all the tissue damage. And then also that pain becomes chronic, and then that become that changes the neuroplasticity. It was him who introduced me to that term, neuroplasticity, a few years ago. So I'm just drawing these parallels from what you're saying, and um, I'm always apologetic but yet not sorry at the same time to bring it always back to occlusion which is one of my favorite things to talk about but it, it's true yeah. um, Sa- sam what do you think about that i think that's really
2: similar to um tmj pain and how you you treat that and especially with bruxists, because you've always got to take yes you have the physical symptoms of um of bruxism, which is the tooth damage and wear but then you've also got the psychological factors of You know, they're not getting enough sleep at night or they've got children that it's really hard to look after or social problems where they're having problems at work or they haven't gotten access to hobbies that they used to like to do and things and just building on the stress. So I think really the main the main thing is, you know, in terms of from that, but also linking it to back pain is that if you are feeling back pain. Is it because, you know, don't always think, oh, it's because of my posture or it's because of some sort of physical entity. Think about the social things that are going on in your life, you know, whether, you know, you're having lots of family problems, your girlfriend's broken up with you. You've And then, like Ben was saying before, you know, if you're running late and things like that, you know, all those things will impact on your back pain. And I think, like, the psychological and the social factors are probably – you know, probably the reason why you're getting the back pain rather than you'll always find that the back pain will be the worst when say, you know, you're running, you know, half an hour late and then your crown's not fit or you've got a screaming child in the
1: in the chair that won't take the fluoride varnish. <laughs> but, that's um, so interesting.
2: You, yeah.
1: But also it's um you kind of almost separate in mind and body there in the sense of um you call it dualism, don't you where you know the tissues are here and the psychosocial is over here but you know at the end of the day we're we're treating a person here you know that they're one and the same if you're having pain you're gonna have you're gonna probably be a bit irritable with your partner you're gonna be um a little bit more stressed than normal um pain is quite complex like that you know it 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 kind of permeates into all facets of our lives so kind of Unknowingly, well, well, knowingly, but 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 yeah. So,
0: part of, as a much more my, profound effect than at the surface level,
1: hundred percent. And and patients tell me all the time, you know, it, it's really frustrating because it's invisible because you can't see it. You know, so so um, on on the surface, I look like I'm fine, but actually, I you know, the, the secondary suffering as a result of this pain is quite profound. So so yeah, that's part of my role is talking about how to how can people be more functional and live better with it you know okay the pain's there um it, it's pissing them sorry i'm gonna swear it's pissing them off um and it's permeating the facets of their life but can they control stuff like sleep can they manage their stress can they get a little bit more active can we give them a plan for when they do have a setback of their pain so it, it's, um, it's a fairly holistic and comprehensive approach to their, their management, really, rather than just a tissue.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, both of you, if you can just um, cover a couple of scenarios then, is that dentist or hygienist or nurse who has not started, maybe because they're early in their career, started to show signs of, of back problems, what advice can you give preventively? And then maybe a few minutes later, you can then give some uh, advice to those who are now suffering, You know, dentists, nurses, therapists, who are now suffering with pain. Um, is your advice essentially the same for both of them or uh, c- can you tweak it to, 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 to make it tailored to that individual under those circumstances? So please, who would like to touch on that first?
2: Yeah, um, so in terms of preventative advice, the best thing to do is to keep as active as possible. The NHS guidelines say to do 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise and you know a lot of people think oh i've got back pain so i need to do planks or core or but if you're running swimming doing an ex- any exercise that you enjoy you're going to be improving all of those structures anyway and um <laughs> a famous aristotle quote is that excellence is not an act it's a habit so you have to do the exercise that you like because that's the exercise that you'll continue to do and then you'll keep yourself you know strong and enjoy a more fruitful career or a longer career as well and then in terms of um if say if a hygienist or a dentist would get in pain i think ben's probably the best for for this yeah that's a,
0: that's a good way so sam you've covered the prevention uh, some th- tips about prevention doing exercise and the importance of that so so ben now we have the the dentist hygienist therapist or whoever who is now suffering with lower back pain and they think oh yes because i'm a dentist i'm like this all day long they might then buy a microscope for their practice and they might still say actually no yeah. i'm still suffering and they might come and see someone like you what would you do what would you advise
1: yeah i think um i suppose it kind of depends on the individual and how long they've had it but i suppose it's if if it's been suffering for a long time i think um the first the first thing is to get a good physio um there's there's a lot of kind of non um evidence-based kind of care out there um and you want to be seeing a physio that is evidence-based is current um there's a movement in the MSK professional at the moment called uh, MSK reform and the big R's. And essentially we're trying to lobby like government and our governing body to, to, to improve the standard of practice and to get us better regulated. But, but yeah, seeing, seeing a really good physio, cause it's really difficult to do on your own. Pain is a, is a tough thing to, to manage and it's a, it's a tough old beast So getting a good, um, physio would probably be a good start, but, mm-hmm. um, I think um, they'll, with back pain, neck pain, et cetera, that it's doing some form of movement and that's gonna be quite scary um, because when you're in pain, you should rest, right? No, it's actually the flip side. You, you need to move more and, and you, you're not gonna be making your back pain any worse by moving with pain uh, as long as you can tolerate it. Um, pain doesn't always mean damage. Um, a good example is, um, <laughs> I'll get my examples out here, but uh, a hangnail, uh paper cut, stubbing your toe, um, you know, um, treading on a Lego, all these things are super duper painful. Um, how much damage is there?
0: Mm. It's not proportional to the pain, yeah.
1: It's not, it's, it's a very unreliable message of of, of tissue damage. and. Um, people around you will say no you shouldn't be doing that because you're pain but actually you should be because that's gonna desensitize your nervous system it's going to give you the confidence to to move uh to move more which is going to help your condition so yeah pain doesn't always mean damage um and find so find the level of activity that you can do that you can tolerate and slowly 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 build it up over a period of time is pilates um, what-
0: supposed to be a good one Pilates.
1: It's a very popular one. Um, the reason it's popular is it's quite low level and it's very social. So, I mean, you could do that in, in any class, really. Essentially, a paper came out in like the 80s that um, pre, uh, it suggested a link between core stability and back pain. And physios at the time went absolutely bananas about it. And, there's, and that's why today you see so many Pilates classes. Since, since it was only one paper, so since it has been debunked, um, and it's also, um, like, like Sam was saying, it's it's just important to do any form of exercise, no matter what, whether it's Pilates, swimming, um, running classes, uh, yoga, whatever, really. Um, so yeah, uh, it's important to, to, to kind of realize that but Pilates, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, um, pooing Pilates at all. I think it's a really good start because I mean, I've done Pilates classes, and they're bloody hard work, to be honest. Probably because my was awful. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not the be all and end all, is what I'm saying. Um, and um, it's a great start to get people moving. And plus, with a class, it's social. Do you know what I mean? And we're social animals at the end of the day. And um, if you if you if you haven't exercised before, I would say um, find something, as Sam was saying, that you like, that's social and is led by uh, a professional, because. They're going to be on it yeah you know do this do that and after a couple of weeks you're going to be seeing the same faces and you're going to be chatting to your classmates uh, and as i say we're, we're social animals so, and you're not doing it on your own yeah yeah there are. another initiative is is park run i love park run at the moment um get to your local park and, and run for free in the community what a great idea brilliant so
0: you're what you're saying is Find a good physio who is evidence-based and uh, yep. focused in, in that. And I completely agree. You know, I used to think many years ago that everyone qualifies um, in any profession. When I was way younger, like in my teens, I used to think, okay, all dentists are the same, all doctors are the same, all of any know. profession are the same. Um, and I still, you know, it, you learn over time that actually, no, not everyone is as evidence-focused. Not every, you know, and I know some plenty. Well let's not go into that. I'm not gonna give any examples, but yeah. Uh, uh, I think you know where I was heading there, but uh Yeah, I did, I do. Um so if I if I
1: dive in by the with non-evidence based stuff, I think that'd probably be a good shout. So um stuff like um uh manual therapy, I mean it, it does have some evidence, but it's very short term. So stuff like um like massage, so massage is a really popular one. Um The way it works isn't how people think it doesn't uh change your muscles at all because there's no friction right so when you when you rub the skin i mean you could rub it all day every day you know you're not going to change the muscles um in terms of their health but what it will do because you're getting a massage it's going to release the body's natural painkillers desensitizing that nervous system for if it's a crap massage a couple of hours it's a good massage, you know, a week, two weeks. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's not going to be good for long-term management of, of, of the back or neck pain. Um, I'd probably put uh, mobilizations and manipulations in there as well. Um, so that there, some people might have had those before where people were treating joints, getting a click, that kind of thing. Um, the effects of those are fairly short-term as well. So, okay, if, it, if, it, if you're looking for short-term relief, but not for long-term relief. Um, and stuff about like, uh, biomechanics and, um, getting insoles and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the evidence for that is, it's kind of fairly low. Uh, acupuncture is another one. Uh, and uh, acupuncture has been taken off the back pain guidance for the NHS, the NICE guidance. Um, because, wow. uh, versus placebo, it's, it's, um, and sham, it's, it has equal effect. Same with ultrasound. Mm-hmm. So. If, if any, if your physio starts getting those kind of treatments out, you probably want to question whether um, they're the physio for you, basically.
0: That is really, really good, useful insight. Honestly, like you know, you, you don't get this sort of insight in terms of what's a good physio, what's not. And I think by yeah. giving that information that you did will help a lot of dentists who may already be seeing a physio, thinking actually, is this really working or not? Um, Sam, can I ask you a couple of questions in terms of, you know, obviously your 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 um, full-time dentist at the moment
2: yeah so i'm uh, i'm in my foundation year at the moment yeah
0: how are you finding it Where, whereabouts are you doing that
2: very good i'm in um i'm in the Wirral, actually at the moment which is just near liverpool as you can probably tell from my accent
0: yeah i i, I, <laughs> yeah. I was in the Wirral actually this weekend i wish i wish i'd known i would have uh, invited you to to do this in, in person but uh, and this is probably the best coronavirus situation actually uh, doing <laughs>
2: yeah, um But yeah, <laughs> but even at the even at the practice I've been at, I'd say I've given advice or even treated every single person in the practice now. So. Today,
0: but, but, physiotherapy
2: but back. But, physiotherapy,
0: yeah, well, now. you know, you've got an added skill set. What I what I want to ask you is, as a, a wet finger dentist now can you tell us some things that we could be doing at work? So obviously Ben's covered very nicely about physios and the role of movement. What can we do do while we're at work nine to five to help the cause? Uh, And also one question I really want to get in there is that, is there any evidence that, well, probably not any evidence because it's probably never been studied, but doing checkups while you're standing up, I heard, oh yeah, that's supposed to be good. But then that's really relating to the posture theory, right? But uh, you tell me.
2: So... What, what are, I use loops all the time, and I do find that helps. But when I'm doing my examinations and things, I'm never in one position. So at university, a lot of the time, they always tell you to, you know, to sit down and to make sure, you know, you're in a good position, you stay in that one position. Uh, but I remember, I'm going to name drop, but I remember Ian Dunn came around, and he's great. Uh, he's one of the Perio guys. And he was saying, you know, you've got to keep moving around your patient to be able to do the best dentistry and that's that's really true and that's you know if you're moving around the patient even when you're doing a checkup or or anything that's absolutely great i'd say that to keep yourself moving rather than the nurse going to get the patient you know even just walking out to go and meet your patient and bringing them back in is good and that's also good to help build rapport with your patient because you have a little bit of chit chat before you before you come in and you're getting your exercise in or a bit of you know you're getting your steps on your watch in. Um, yeah, those those are the two main things that, that I say. In terms of the sitting to standing, you know, if you find that sitting down when you do your dentistry is is good for you, then then that's what you should continue doing. If you find that standing up, you find that the pain is is less or you enjoy standing up more, then do that. Um to keep yourself moving, sometimes it's good to have every every other patient you could stand up, because if you stand up, you end up putting more um more pressure on your back, whereas when you sat down you put more pressure on your upper back. Um, But everybody sits different and and it's really an individual approach that you have to take. This is why in terms of posture, um, you know, it's it's easy to to prescribe posture because there's just a one size fits all when really it's a one size fits no one.
0: That's really interesting. One thing that reminded me of is that in every single practice I've ever been to, there's that everyone's got that same poster the BDA poster and it tells you about all these stretches you have to do in between your patients that, that might help. So the role of stretching, is it, uh, is it overplayed or is it is stretching good for preventing back pain?
1: Um, I could go on that one, Sam, if that's all right. Um, so yeah, stre- stretching is an interesting one, actually. Um, so there's a bit of a debate in the research in terms of what it does. Um, um we used to think it changes tissue length right so if you stretch you know the the muscle it increases in sarcomeres in series so you get a longer muscle so then um, when you stretch it's um you know it's yeah you, you get more range basically um that's still there, but that was that was quite a while ago. What they're starting to learn now is it's actually to do with um, stretch tolerance. So your muscle doesn't really change, but actually your tolerance to that movement changes, um, which is why you can get changes fairly quickly. You know, you probably might have noticed if you stretch every day. Not that I would ever do that because I'm not a fan of stretching, but. Um, if you do that every day, you get changes fairly quickly. Um, and that's not necessarily because of changes in the tissue, which, you know, if you go to the gym, you, you know, you might get buffer three months ahead. But with um, stretching, it happens in a very short space of time. And that's because of changes in the nervous system rather than changes in the muscle. Um, to answer your question directly, Jazz, is it important that you do those stretches? I would say, you know, if they help you, then yes. But you're probably far better off just um, doing something you like outside of work. Um,
2: Who has time to do all those lectures between patients as well? Yeah, God, you guys are
1: busy enough. You don't want to put like an extra thing on your plate, man. Don't, but don't do that.
0: That has been so <laughs> enlightening, honestly. Like, learning about the how postures overplayed it was it was it was crazy. And I actually really love how both of you. Have constantly every couple of minutes uh, mentioned some evidence base as well. Um, you know, oh, massive yeah. respect for that.
1: No fair play. I think, as like I said in the in the um, at the start, like it's it's important. We are current and evidence based. Um, otherwise, that's how we deliver the best care for our patients. I mean, you, you guys must notice it in dentistry. You know, it changes every five or ten years. So if you're if you're not up to date, then um, you know, well, the stretch example was a great example. You know, we kind of flipped it on its head completely there, and 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 posture. I'm, I'm still
0: example mind blown about posture, honestly. I can't. This is, <laughs> this is gonna? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sam. Do you think everyone's gonna be surprised listening to this, or am I just late to the party and I didn't? I didn't know. Yeah, I've given some
2: presentations at Liverpool University to all the lecturers, and it, it was a shock <laughs> to them. <Yeah. laughs> it does blow. Like I was speaking to like some of the professors, and like even sometimes you, you hear like as I'm giving the lecture, you hear people gasp <laughs> as you say that <laughs> it doesn't that the, it doesn't it doesn't matter because you see everybody looking at each other and as you get into it, and they're like, oh yeah, he's going to talk about how I've got to sit right. And then the next minute you say, "Oh, you, it doesn't matter," and everybody's shocked. So <laughs> yeah. that's really cool.
1: That's really cool. But it's interesting because um, there, there was a paper that uh, uh, that me and Sam went through. It was um, it was uh, they got this thing called biofeedback in English. It's where they, um, uh, they they it basically shocks you to put you in a good position um, if if, you, if you're not in a good position, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it made people's pain worse so in fact you know there's evidence that focusing on posture too much actually makes it worse and it it makes sense right so if pain is perceived in the nervous system and you're thinking about your posture all the time you're like you're in a a position whatever position you're in and you're like oh shit I need to uh, so you're thinking about it you're re-registering those messages Mm -hmm. uh, you're getting those neurons firing by thinking about it so actually you just you just need to change your position for symptom relief and, and, and do all those bits I mentioned outside of work. So. Yeah.
0: It's, I say the same thing to the people who overcomplicate and my patients who think too much about their bite or think too much about the position of their tongue. You know, Just relax and, 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 and you know, uh, it's the same thing. You know, people who focus too much about their posture, people who focus too much on the position of their anatomy and their bite and stuff. I was drawing yeah. parallels in my head as you said that. Um, I think one of one of the
2: facts that I quite like getting in um, is that for the last 84,000 generations of homo sapiens, we've been walking or running for 10 miles a day. For the last few generations, the average uh, amount of walking or running is less than a kilometer a day. And wow. our genes are geared to move that amount. And then as soon as you're... Moving so much less, you know, you can't change your your genetics. Our bodies are meant to move. So as soon as you're put in that static position, or if you're not exercising outside work, that's why you're getting these problems. Because we're just not designed to be static and immobile. We're designed to move, and that's why Ben's saying all the time, you know, the 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 thing that's going to get you better is movement. When you're in pain, you need to move, and that's because our body that's that's what your bodies are screaming out for, and also. When you do get back pain, you know you, it, a lot. You know we were saying before that it's not due to physical injury, but a lot of the time, feeling a bit of back pain is a preventative mechanism that your brain uses to tell you to move. And soon, and and uh, you know, dentists will say, "Oh, what position should I move in?" But we, me and Ben, were speaking the other night, and we were saying that it's okay to slouch if you find that slouching is comfortable then perform your dentistry in a in a slouched position. And then yeah. you know, eventually, over time, like we said, if you're in one position for a long period of time, you're most likely going to get pain. So if you're in pain when you're slouching, then move to a different position. But don't ever be afraid to slouch, and uh, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, one of my uh, friends uh, who's doing the FD, um, their TPD was budging them, telling them not to slouch and to sit up straight. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> did, you keep your, did, you, did you have to bite your tongue for that one
2: <laughs> well yeah you've got to haven't you <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: but, but surely you, surely being like this like surely just like you know you know you, you when you see those photos of people on phantom head courses and they're like they're like this and they're like polishing something and they're like that i mean granted you won't be probably not like that for longer than a couple of minutes at a time you know when you're doing the distal lingual of a six or a seven yeah, and yeah. you and you just have to do it I think after listening to today and listening to you guys, I'm going to feel less guilty about doing that. And I'm just going to just move a lot more afterwards.
2: And I think we know that, you know, if you put your arm out in front of you for a small amount of time, it's not painful. But if you left it there for like, you know, a couple of minutes, it would start to get tired and painful. And that's the same with leaning over with the phantom heads. You'll only be able to physically be able to stay there for so long before you can't bear it. And you have to then change to the other side.
0: So listen to your body.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about um, movement here, and and you know, I suppose that when we talk about movement, we refer to the tissues. I think if if we zoom out as well, like, um, it's important we look after ourselves. Like, um, exercise is, is a component of that, but you've got to also focus on stuff like sleep. I mean, if um, if any uh, you guys are science geeks, so you'll definitely, um, I mean, I know that Sam's read it, but if you ever read uh, why we sleep by matthew walker it's an absolute blockbuster honestly it's like the forgotten pillar of medicine in my opinion so so yeah getting a good night's sleeping is really really important um you know managing your stress however however that's the very tough thing to do but but trying to mitigate that as best possible um eating well um and and yeah just um all those things as you might have come across um uh, Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, who was on the telly, GP at home, um, he talks about the four pillars of, of medicine, which are lifestyle medicine, and that is exercise, diet, uh, sleep, and um, and being more relaxed and less stressed. And most people are missing one or two of those. So if, if whatever, the low-hanging fruit is the one of those that, that you feel like you could probably address. Because um, at the end of the day, we're with healthcare professionals and with clinicians and we need to look after ourselves and we can look after others, you know, um, clinician self-care is quite a big thing at the moment. So, um, so yeah, just sometimes it's, it's, I mean, we've all done it. We just get caught up in work too much and we, we take a lot on, we got family, we got kids, we got all these responsibilities and sometimes it, you got to kind of take a step back and think, right, what, what can I do? to look after myself, and 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 that's that's going to modulate the nervous system, which is going to help with your back
0: pain. I'm and definitely going to download your... the book uh, "Why We Sleep." I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to download that book "Why We Sleep," and I'm definitely going to download it for another reasons. Because uh, Ben, you're, you you got all these books behind you, but I am certain you're someone who's read these books. So that's a that's ah. <laughs> that's a message I got today. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I um, <laughs> I don't profess to be uh, uh, like a I don't have any investment in Matthew Walker's books or or whatever, but I feel like I should. <laughs> it must be at least ten people that have picked it up off the back. of I think region.
0: about five hundred people will purchase this uh, now that you recommended it. So I, um... I
1: need to. I, I need about Matthew Walker know. I did. I did tweet him, but he didn't. Excellent,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sam. So, sorry, Sam, you're going to say something there. Yeah, I was going to say. Me and Ben were
2: speaking the other day, and we were saying, you know, why are why do you den- why do you den- dentists have such a high risk of getting back pain neck pain and all these other pains you know it's you know we've already said that it's not to do with posture and things so we were saying that the one thing that dentists have that most of the you know most of the professions don't have is the amount of stress that we're under and i think a lot of dentists work you know work alone which and at the moment i think it is changing where dentists are talking to each other a lot more and it's great that like in foundation year you you, every week you're with colleagues, and you speak about different things that go on that go on. And I think that's probably the most important thing um, to prevent back pain and, and general well-being is to listen to things like headspace, calm, to um, you know to even meditate and just try and stay stress-free that way. But another way is you know keeping really social and joining things. I think you've gone on quite a few times about dental tubules which I think is really good and connecting people and going to as many conferences and courses as possible so that you can interact with different dentists so that you know that you're not alone when you get your first complete letter or when that dreaded GDC letter comes through your door or if it ever comes through your door.
0: It's so true, man. I was on, I mean, I know Ben had listened to episode 11, Communicating with bruxes, but Barry Alton, he also uh, also does communication courses for dentists. And when I went on his course, I learned that 17% According to a survey of dentists, had considered taking their life at one stage. So th- that wow. just reflects. Yeah, it's crazy, Ben. I mean, it, it just it just reflects the stress that we do have in our profession. But I think you two, the way you've covered it today, have debunked a lot of uh, myths yeah. that are out there, uh, which really, really shocked me, honestly. And I've learned so much um, from that. Is there anything? Any final comments you'd like to add?
1: Uh, you first, Sam. Yeah. So well, we've.
2: Um we really want to promote kind of, um, self-help and strategies for dentists. And we, me and Ben at the moment are currently putting forward something called the tooth physio, which is on Twitter and Instagram at the moment. And we're thinking, or we're going to see whether we can try and put a course together as well, where we can go through case studies and, um, go through exercises and different things like that, that can help specifically aimed at dentists to help dentists um but i think the the main the main things to take away from today would be that the back is really really strong tons of muscles ligaments fascia that protect it the the reason why it's painful won't be to do with posture it'll be because of other psychosocial factors that are going on in your life as well Um, and that if you are in pain that the road to recovery is never a a positive correlation it's always got pitfalls and things but if you are in any worry about your back pain the best thing to do is to seek help from like ben said an evidence-based healthcare care professional and to go from it that way and they'll be able to give you Uh, self-management strategies and help to manage the pain, get you back to activity faster. And I'll give you a paced exercise program that you can work with to to get you back to activity and get you back working as well. That would be the messages I'd give.
0: Can I just intervene, Ben, before you go? Is uh, On the last episode um, that I just published the other day, um, One of my pals I shared was to go on the ACP TMD website, which is uh, the the, the chartered sort of physiotherapists in TMD. So those uh, physiotherapists who have got, got a special interest in TMD, and I found that really helpful to connect with my local physiotherapist who uh, has done further training in, in TMD. And I had lunch with him, and I, I learned some stuff from him. Where can some where can a dentist go if they want to find a physio like you, who's obviously evidence based and 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 cares very much? to give up a, an evening to come on a podcast like this. Um, where, where can we find Obviously I'll put your contact details for those in London, but if someone, somewhere, yeah. is there like a, an association that you um, think are a bit more clued on than others?
1: Yeah, I would say um, if your area um, is under connect health, who I work for, um, then you, you, you definitely get an evidence-based care there. Um, if, if you yeah if you feel like you're not i think uh as i say see if you can find uh, if you go on twitter and you go to msk reform there'll be a bunch of physios on there that are in high regard they will i guarantee you they'll be they'll they'll be able to recommend a good evidence-based physio locally for you uh and anyone that follows hashtag the big r's um, which is also part of that movement so anything like that and i suppose I mean, there's, there's there's obviously thousands of really good and evidence-based NHS uh, uh, physios on there. So if I, so, yeah, I think um, I think yeah, you pro- see if you can go for MSKR members' um, mm-hmm. reform. Um, but yeah, if not, um,
0: I'll put edit. your details in there for anyone in London, and uh, I'll put your your guys. Yeah, tweet- my
1: Twitter handle is at Ben underscore Fizz. Fizz is spelled capital F. Capital Y, capital S. Ben there was a lot of Ben physios, as you can probably imagine. So fizz, <laughs> that that'll do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Um, guys, thank you so much for for giving up your your evening to come and, and and teaching us so much. One thing I have to mention before we go though, is to do with you, Sam, is that it's interesting how you said how having the, the loops or the, the scope because of the change of posture will not necessarily mean that you have a better back. But I love the fact that you still have loops because we both value the importance of magnification and dentistry, right? I mean, I don't want people to get the wrong message here and then actually no, people who are on the cusp who are about to purchase magnification, they should not then be put off by what you said. They should still go ahead and buy the loops. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And
2: I I use loops not because it helps my back pain, but just because you get, you know, you get the magnification, your it's you know the systematic review that said didn't say anything about it helping back pain said that it does hundred percent improve your dentistry, and also the light if you do get it with a light, the light's about four times stronger than the headlight. I use the headlight now and I can't see a thing when I'm looking at the tooth, whereas I put my light on and it's literally like it I feel like doing um me and Ben were speaking the other day, and he said that dentistry is like. Uh, it was on one of your podcasts when you talk uh, when somebody was talking about it's like working through a letterbox in the dark. Well, why don't you work through a letterbox with the lights on? I, I, I,
0: absolutely, but I'm I'm just hoping to go through one episode with someone without having to mention some a gem from from that episode. Episode ten, Zach. That was Zach Cara's episode. Every bloody episode we're having to refer back to that one episode. So, Zach, uh, I know you listening to this. <laughs> bloody good you are one more thing i forgot to ask which i can just cut in is um foam rollers yay or nay
1: so but (laughs) nice um so if it feels nice absolutely i mean i like a bit of foam rolling to be fair um but that's what you're doing it for it's because it feels nice it's not gonna it's going to give you that short term relief, just like the massage. It's not going to change the health of your tissues. Um,
2: and we were saying that good, better. like pain relieving strategies as well, or what we, what me and Ben used, used to do, but still, it does still really help. Um, say, if you're a dentist and you do have some back pain, is getting, say, a hot water bottle on it for 20 minutes to use a tennis ball against the wall and kind of rub around the back. That can really help. To, re- to relieve off that acute pain but it, it won't help to get you better but it will help to reduce the pain the only thing that will get you better is the exercise and the progressive exercise that you do but
0: i, I have yeah, never yeah, moved yeah. so much while recording uh, a podcast because <laughs> you guys
1: <laughs> with, uh, with ice and heat so interestingly like um again it doesn't change the tissues below uh, you're you're a mammal so it doesn't matter whether you're in antarctica or or in the sahara you're going to maintain an internal homeostasis no matter Mm, what so mm. you're doing it for that pain that different sensation and and, um some people prefer heat some people prefer ice ice basically um reduces the neuron firing so that's why it's less painful it doesn't reduce inflammation and swelling because it doesn't but for it to do that it'd have to be like your skin would have to, well, your tissues would have to be like 27 degrees and there is no way you're going to get your tissues below the skin to 27 degrees with ice. It's just not going to get through. So that's another myth with uh, ice and heat as well.
2: Unless, uh, unless Rose doesn't let you on the door. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's true. Um You got to get a Titanic reference in there if you can. Um, but, um, so, Jazz, you're talking about parallels, right? So, I've so I, I had a little dive into your podcast, right? And um, I I expected I expected like physio to be here and dentistry to be here, right? And I was completely like you were talking about stuff like communication, how important that is, like developing rapport, uh, trust. Um, when you, when you're getting patients to self manage with like brushing their teeth, flossing, um, changing diet, stuff like that. I mean that's lit- i'm I'm basically an exercise salesman right so mm. so like i was i was quite amazed at how actually um two different professions um working in different kind of areas are at, we, yeah we, we're promoting the same kind of thing being um uh, being trustworthy being honest uh coming up with a um a shared decision with a patient you know informed consent you know going through their options and um the risk versus benefit analysis of this that and the other and i I just blew me away i just thought that actually yeah we're actually very much the same
0: i think so when i listened to that physio edge when i also uh thought thought a bit that i mean that went in depth about some physio aspects which i didn't uh, understand about certain techniques but yeah in terms of the overall themes trying to be evidence-based and trying to uh, you know essentially his healthcare so yeah it was it was very interesting.
1: Yeah and like um Zach Cara, yeah like you say you, you mentioned him that was yeah some of the stuff he was mentioning. I, I think I took that a couple of bits I think you mentioned about a late patient about how to um address that how to how
0: to address how the reception yeah. citator. Yeah that was a gem honestly that episode is still one of the you know the 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 gem the, the number of gems per sentence uh, factor is uh, <laughs> phenomenal from that one, so it's just credit to that. But, uh, but guys, thank you so much for coming on. I'll put all your uh, Twitter handles and Instagram handles on so people can follow the advice that you're giving.
3: And uh, yeah, really, really appreciate you coming on.
0: No worries, Thanks man. Have a well.
3: good year. Thank you very much for watching all the way to the end. I really appreciate it. And if there's any other topics that you think I should cover, let me know. I've got loads of episodes sort of edited already, including complete dentures with Mark Bishop. Cracked teeth with Krina Patel. Composite versus ceramic with none other than legend Chris Orr. I've also got our, our one of the favourites, uh, a protrusive favourite, Zach Kara back on to discuss presenting treatment plans and communicating with patients. Yet again, don't forget to hit subscribe on the YouTube. And if you also want to uh, stay in tune with the email uh, content that I'm sending, like recently I put a YouTube video up how I take occlusal photos uh, and only those on social media um, would have seen it. So if you want that, something like that in your inbox, you can head over to protrusive.co.uk, type in your name and email, stuff like that will be coming to your inbox as well. So keep in touch. So anyway, I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.